Welcome to Podcast Recovery. We're your hosts, David O. And Eric V. Podcast Recovery is a forerunner in digitally accessible addiction recovery support. We provide ease and convenience to any and all seeking a message of recovery and hope. By broadcasting the stories of recovering addicts, we act as a complement to all other recovery services. We exist to create a global foundation platform so that any addict may hear a message of strength and hope. We contribute education and awareness by highlighting the diversity in the lives of recovering addicts to show that one addict helping another truly works. Today, we are joined by our friend Matt S. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for... Uh, yeah. Thanks for... Uh, <laughs> you don't yep. sound too sure. <laughs> no, good. That was a really good opening. A tentative good. Thank you. It reads well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. Um, who wrote uh, that? I did. It's good. Thank you. Uh, where are you from, Matt? Uh, Columbia, Maryland. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, when were you first introduced <clears throat> to recovery? Uh, I was 17 years old. I'm 27 now. Mm-hmm. And so that would be 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as recovery itself. Yes. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long have you currently been clean? I've been clean since April 20th of this year. Uh, it's 100 and... What's the date? Uh, it's the 3rd. The 3rd of August. Yeah, 100 and... Did you say 420? 100, yeah, 420 is my clean date. Which, that's a that's a cool clean date, kind of. Yeah, I like it, too. I like it, too. <laughs> we keep this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, we'll get into that. Um yeah, uh, so that's 103 days. Nice. Well, uh, with all that out of the way, without further ado, um, I'm going to turn it over to you to share your experience, strength, and hope, and hear your story. So, take the wheel. Sure. Um, that's kind of cool, too. This is like this is what podcasts are, like right here. It's like kind yes. of interesting, sitting with Eric and David, both of whom I've known for a long time. Um, so it's cool to have that Um those relationships that kind of uh, keep me intertwined to recovery in general. Um, so I feel like I'm like the cautionary tale <laughs> of recovery in a lot of ways. That's right? good. People um, need those. As do I. Um, <laughs> I hate my own. So, uh, um, and when I think back on it too, it's like um, recovery has been the biggest part of my life mm-hmm. over the last call it five years. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. um, however I sit here with 103 days clean, um, uh, 103 days in recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, there's a reason that those, those five years with the vast majority of it was in recovery. Why I, you know, sit here with the the days that I do. And, uh, of course, all the while very grateful. Um, 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 there is a part of me that realizes the importance of, of me, um, just being honest and telling, um, telling what happened and my, uh, <laughs> that's so cool. Eric just, <laughs> Eric just gave me a post-it note, like tell me what to do. That's fantastic. Um, all right. So, um, so we'll start from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Columbia, Maryland. Um, however, as I grew older, I didn't like to tell people that Columbia, I would tell them I was from Baltimore City because I thought it was cooler, right? So it is because cool. Columbia, it is yeah. cooler, right? <laughs> it is. It is Columbia, Maryland, um, is lovely and it is, um, 
sheltered and it's in a, in a very specific way yes. it's sheltered you know very, and uh, very quaint in an eccentric way it's like yeah. pleasantville a little bit yeah, yeah it's, it's it literally if pleasantville was like a real thing yes mm-hmm. it would be columbia maryland right and it's broken up into these villages as they call them yes. and uh everything is regimented and there's these you know the columbia association which says whether or not you can even put a fence up because of whatever original design they have blah, 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 blah. Yes. and um mom and dad wanted the best for my brother my sister myself mm-hmm. and so um, they moved from New Jersey down to Columbia, Maryland. Dad got a job in DC and mm-hmm. I came out and, uh, um, so it began, you know? Um, so growing up in Columbia, <clears throat> um, the, the reality is, is that I, I come from two parents. Mom and dad are still married today. Been married mm-hmm. for, I don't know, 30 some years, been together for 40. Right. And, um, um, they're both incredible people, you know, um, my mother is emotionally available. Um, mm-hmm. she was encouraging. She provided self-esteem, uh, to all of my siblings, myself mm-hmm. included. Um, my father was a hard worker. He was, um, always available to pass on that like fatherly advice. He's really good at like fatherly advice. You yes. know what I mean? He's like, yeah. you've met him, right? Yes. Yeah. He's just the kind of guy. guy. It's like the kind of guy. It's like when you, it's like, he won't tell you unless he, unless you ask him, but when you do ask him, yeah. he, will, he will give you his experience or his opinion. And it's usually really well worded, you yes. know? Anyway. So, um, I come from these two incredible people. My brother is a, a captain in the Howard County fire department. Um, my sister, uh, who is like 18 months younger than me, she's like my best friend in the world. Um, she's about to get married this year. It's mm. awesome. Neither of which, um, have, you know, the disease of addiction, um, mm-hmm. or recovery of any kind in their, in their story. Right. Cause mm-hmm. they don't need it. You know, it's, um, they have built their lives, um, based on other choices, um, and <laughs> arguably better ones yeah. than where, where I found myself. So mm-hmm. I was in the middle. Okay. And, um, it's funny. I would always hear people kind of, when they were talking about their, um, you know, telling their story or whatever, talking about themselves. And they would say like, as a child, I felt different, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, I remember feeling less than or whatever. And for a long time, I was really in denial about that for myself. Like I was like, I don't remember mm-hmm. feeling d- different. Um, yeah. Which all that is, is just like the lie that I tell myself, because as I sit here today, I spent like, I spent like 27 years of my life feeling just separate and different from everyone around mm-hmm. me, you know, I mean, <clears throat> despite the loving home I came from, despite my, you know, parents being emotionally available, despite being given, um, whatever I needed in the world and a mm-hmm. lot of what I wanted. And, um, and all I, I took all of that, um, and reversed it around and turned it into entitlement. Mm. I turned it into self-centered everything. Um, and the world kind of became about me. And I, and I think back to like, um, just as, as a kid, um, that attitude was ingrained in me out the gate. It seems Mm -hmm. like, you know, whereas like, I remember there's, there's this home video we have with my brother and I, and I was like, I don't know, three and he was five. Mm -hmm. We both had, um, um, buzz cuts and rat tails. All right. So this is like oh, early, God. early nineties. No, this God is like, this is like circa 90s. like 93, 94. It was oh, really in yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus was like the, the, sh- I think the shit that yes. year, you know? Um, and, uh, and my, my rat tail was long. <laughs> Oof. Oh, that's amazing. Dude, you know, so I think my mom, like, when they cut it off finally at long last, I think she, she saved it. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, along with, like, <laughs> like, my baby teeth. That's, that's an album. That's somewhere. like, no, that's in a drawer somewhere, which is creepy. Oh, along my, like, yeah, dead teeth. Anyway, so. Bless your heart. Um, 
I'm gonna find that rat tail, dude. All right. Uh, anyway, please so, don't. Um, it's in like a, <laughs> I'm gonna bring it. It's in like a scrapbook somewhere. Well, right, right, yeah. Hopefully, we can only hope. You know, um, it should be in the Smithsonian for real. Anyway, so um, I just shudder down my spine. I know, I know. Um, so uh, rat tail buzz cut. Um, my brother had the very same haircut, and we looked identical. People thought we were twins. You know, mm. um, you do look a lot alike. And and I really, I, I remember even then, I really looked up to my brother. But what I was saying was, I remember at that time there was this there was this home video we had, and it was it was my brother's birthday, not mine. Mm. Okay. And my brother got a, ironically, he got a fire truck, right? And he's now a, a fireman by trade or by profession or whatever. But, um, at the time he was five, I was three and he got a fire truck and it was like the coolest fire truck yeah. ever. Right. And in the video, you can see me across the room as he opens it up. I'm like, fuck no. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not having it. You know, I run across, I grab the fire truck. I start crying and wailing when he's trying to like rationalize with me. He's five years old. Right. And he's like in the video, you can hear me. He's like, he's like, it's okay, Matt. I'll play with it now. And then you can play with it later. And I was like, no, like just losing Jesus. my mind. Right. Just, just you know, on the floor. I'm typical I middle like, child shit, typical middle child shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like, it's like, does that really relate to why I shot heroin and smoked crack for <laughs> fucking 10 years, you know, later in life sidebar. Do Please. you have a copy of this tape? I'm sure we can dig it up. Sweet. <laughs> sure. You know, ants that would be moving on. Mom would be more than happy to dig it up for you. Um, uh, anyway, so, um, it's like, what does this have to do with the fact that I, you know, continuously, you know, use drugs to the destruction of not only my life, but the lives of those around me. It's like, mm-hmm. what does that really have to do with anything? And, and as I see it, it, it really just centers around, um, my disease and, and, and how it pertains to me. And it is of self centered mother fucker. Mine is, mm-hmm. and it is, um, the fire truck must always be mine, you know? And, um, I get this tunnel vision when I'm living in that sort of mindset, that diseased mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I carried yeah. it long before I ever got high, but like it's, it's this tunnel vision where I try to take everyone around me and everything around me and stuff it into my tiny little world and make it fit as I want it to mm-hmm. and make it work for me instead of just like falling back and, and letting, you know, those around me be as they are and, mm-hmm. and letting situations around me be as they are and just mm-hmm. be a, a, you know, a, stand by um, witness to them. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I need to control them. Right. So, so when I talk about like, I, when I think about things like that, like the fire truck incident, um, it was not my birthday. It was not my fire truck, um, yeah. which both of those things were unacceptable to me <laughs> you yes. know, at that time. Right. Um, and so we, I could come up with a thousand more scenarios of the very same, you know, replace the fire truck, re- replace the brother, whatever, but yeah. I could come up with a million more scenarios as to where that came in. So mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years go by and I start to grow up and, um, I became really interested in, in reading, um, music. Um, I liked playing musical instruments. I was, I was kind of good at it. I was able to mm-hmm. pick them up and learn them. Um, and I, I liked being alone a lot and, and, and specifically with books. Like when I learned how to read, I, be, I became a really good reader really quick and, mm-hmm. and school was very encouraging of that. And, and they were placing me in these like higher level reading classes, blah, blah, blah. And, um, writing, um, same thing. Like I loved it. Um, it was an outlet for me and mm-hmm. I would become obsessive. I would stay up all night writing like full length novels at the age of nine oh, yeah. with, and yep. then like, you know, do full scripts and try to make animation books and like flip books and stuff and just uh, be up yeah. well into the night doing this obsessing, obsessing, obsessing. 
And again, it's one of those things at first I was like, that has nothing to do with anything. Looking back um, now, mm-hmm. it, it, there is an obsessive, I want to disappear completely type of attitude. Um, mm-hmm. And it came out at night. It seemed yeah. like, right. Um, I would play, uh, play in the backyard with uh, like, I would make entire movies. They would have to be two hours long. Cause that's how movies, long movies were good movies were to me at the time when I was like 11 years old. So they would have to be two hours long and I would want to do it by myself. And I would hate when I would get interrupted and I would sword fight trees. Okay. And oh, I would yeah. like, I would like, you know, jump off the deck and I would just be so in my own little world. And it's funny cause my parents and my family and everyone like, you know, even my extended family, like encouraged that side of me. Right. They were like, he's so creative. Mm-hmm. He's always in his own world. That's just Matt. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm a kid. There's nothing wrong with those behaviors yeah. really. Right. Um, but it, if I'm honest and looking back at the whole thing, there, there was like a obsessive, I wanted to disappear completely type of attitude mm-hmm. with it all. Um, and, uh, and I would certainly carry that later on. So if we, you know, as I fast forward and I look at the first time I actually got high on drugs, um, it was with the, uh, my, my older brother. Okay. And, um, um, I was 13 years old and, um, and there was this stuff called triple C's is what we call them. Like Scooby snacks. Yeah. Right? You remember yeah, that shit? Of yeah. Course. Dumb ass shit. Yeah, anyway, so my brother, my brother, right, right, right. My brother and his, and his dumb ass friends would like take like three of them and like feel a buzz or like, you know, think they did or whatever yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and go to high school. And, uh, and like catch that buzz. Right. And I remember like, I thought it was so cool. I'd never, yeah. never, never been high before in my life, you know? And, um, I just thought it was like the coolest thing. Right. And so, um, he told me one day, I said, I want to do that. And he was on the couch laid out. He had taken like three or four or whatever. And was like, Oh, I'm tripping like on the couch or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I want to do that too. And he was like, okay, they're up on the thing. Just go take two. And I ran up to his room and I took all 10 <laughs> that were in the sleeve from never been high before in my life. I took all 10, right? I go downstairs. Good Lord. I go, yeah, right. I go downstairs, right? And, and the feeling kicks in, right? The feeling. And like, it means a lot to me now too, like <clears throat> having spent my life getting high, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And what I did not know what I was doing, you know, um, yeah. I did not know what I was doing myself. I just knew that like, as, as soon as my mind changed and those tr- dumbass triple C's like kicked in, I was like better, you know, I was just better than I had been before. And I didn't know something was wrong mm-hmm. before, you know, I didn't know that it was an answer, like I, that I needed a solution, but all mm-hmm. of a sudden it like put that bar into place. Like this is a solution to a problem I didn't even know I had. Right. Mm. And so not only did it emphasize the solution, but it emphasized this problem that really may not have even existed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Beforehand. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Either way, it felt like a solution. So, mm-hmm. um, so if I'm going to take these pills, um, mom and dad are around at this juncture. My brother's laying on the couch, like, eh, you know, like kind of like playing it up. I felt like, cause I had taken 10. And like, I was really, I was in the kitchen. I hated, I hated, hated cucumbers at the time. Right. I ate like three whole cucumbers and my mom kept right. cutting my mom, <laughs> my mom, bless her heart. She kept cutting them up for me. And I was like in the kitchen, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I just love cucumbers today. And she just kept cutting up more. Cucumbers. She's like, well, good, good. That's good for you. You know, I kept feeding them to me. I was just out of my mind. Right. And then I, I go into the, the, the living room and start doing what my brother was doing. Like, you know, like 
like whoa, like you know doing like fingers across the, the eyes and like yeah. you know trying to yes. run colors and all that mm-hmm. dumb stuff right and um and the next day i woke up it, you know eventually it ended or i i don't know passed out or whatever mm-hmm. and it, i woke up the next day and i was like i want to feel like that, that every day awesome. every day the rest of my life is what it really was right um and I didn't know that I had at the time, of course, I didn't know I had the disease of addiction. I didn't know that I had this thing ingrained in me that made me different from other people that like where my brother could take a couple triple C's for real and like go live a productive life the next day. Me, I have this thing where it's like, I need to feel better than I do right now all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was that day that that kind of lifted off. Right. Mm-hmm. So 13 years old at the time, um, smoked some weed. Um, started doing all that drinking. Even my drinking was just compulsive. It was way over the top. I would drink myself sick. What Um, was your first drink? Uh, it was Port Royal rum. It was $11 for a handle. Ooh, oh, I know yes. about Port Royal. That was yes. my college it's essentially, that's, it's these so are, I think they clean, cheap, I think they clean airplanes with it as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. No, it is very poor. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good college. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I was living off like, what, 80 bucks a week? Absolutely. I could get a few fists. Yeah, just crunch up some quarters. Yeah, get, as, like, as far as rum went, I was always a Sailor Jerry guy. It was the highest alcohol. I like Sailor Jerry. Sailor Jerry. I'm yeah. not familiar. You're not, you never you're had not, Sailor Jerry? You don't have Sailor Jerry? No, I've, I've had Port Royal, however. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> He's friends with, with the captain. Why are all rums? He's friends with all the captain. All rums yes. are like ship related or yeah. like, or yeah, like yeah, yeah. Mar- mariner life in general. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's a pirate thing. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I guess You don't so. get it. You don't beard. You don't get it. Right. <laughs> so your drinking was uh, unmanageable. Yeah, everything about it. Everything about it. Right out the gate. So 14 years old, there's a dude named Stinky. And Stinky, that was his name, Stinky. Okay. Um, and uh, Big Ben. Is that a ghost? Stinky and I. <laughs> Stinky. Casper. Casper. Different, different ghost. No, the uncles, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He did have Stinky, yeah. What is happening? What oh, are you talking about? Tangent. Uh, Casper, you remember the, Casper yeah. the Friendly Joke? Yeah. Oh, I fucking yeah. love that. One yeah. of the yeah. uncles. Christina Ricci. Dude, I had two and three. They were not good films. Yeah, no, the first they one. weren't good the films. First, the first one was very good. Yeah. They yeah. were very poor pieces of work. It's, it's got, it's got like, Eric Idle and Devin Sawa. And dude, Devin you're Sawa. the only one who knows those kids' names, dude, I think. Well, Eric what, Idle Devin was Sawa, Monty Monty Devin Python. Sawa was pretty big. He was well, huge. We're seeing with Eric V. Of course, he would be the only other one that knows. Eric What else did he do? What are you talking about? He was in Idle Hands. He was in SLC Punk. He was in The Sandlot. Okay. Was he he was in Final de- Destination. Yeah, he was the kid who I was like throwing the actually, toilet paper I, in the grocery store. I heard he re- was the ringer. I heard they're uh, remaking The Sandlot. I heard you that sh- too. Oh wait, that's not The Sandlot. No, Little Giants. I'm thinking Little Giants. That's yeah. Sorry. I was like total, totally, totally like, different, different sport, different, different movie. I basically apologize. the same plot. Basically I the same 90s. Everything about with my 90s movie faux pas. We'll move on. Big Green. Yes, with Ham Porter from Sandlot. What his name was? No. Isn't that what's what his name was from Sam? Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, I just remember the the, the, the front. All right, Um, I used to hide drugs in my big green VHS case. That's really why I bring it up. Uh, That's a genius place. You you want to know nobody ever pick it up? Exactly. (laughs) Very good. Literally, no one in the house or ever would look at that. No, no, we donated it years ago. No one's ever looked in it. There's no drugs in there. Nice, crusty. No, not really. I used I used them all. I'm sure. Yeah, right. All right. So, um, all right. So, stinky. Um. I met this guy named Stinky in the halls of my high school um, mm-hmm. there in Columbia, Maryland. Right. And um, I smelled him coming away. And I said, I knew Stinky did drugs. Right, It was like a known thing. He was, Shocker. he was that guy. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. He was that guy. Right. And there were a couple others that hovered around him. Um, but I knew he was the guy. And 
I went to Stinky and paid what I now know was $5 worth, but paid $40 for $5 worth of heroin from Stinky. And we met that night at Martin Road Park. I was 14 years old. Martin Road Park was the park down the street from my parents' home. Again, they're in Columbia. Which is not a covert meeting spot at all. Well, by the... It's not. The park is a... Well, it's... What are you talking about? No, it's, it's a like, park. So the, the park's a of great. There's not a lot of lights or anything. All right, let's say let's get you know, open. some moonlight. Anyways, <laughs> where else would you be at like 14? There's like no street lights. Yeah, dude, where do you go? You go to Marmor Park. I go in the woods. I need. <laughs> Let okay. me tell, this is what okay. happened. All right? This is his story. This is his story. <laughs> all right, so, so we go to Marno Park. Him and I, he shows me how to prepare it and administer it. And, and at 14 years old, um, I stuck my arm out, man, and, um, and, and, Ooh, and used heroin. Now, and up to this point, all I wanted to be was Kurt Cobain, man. You know, <laughs> to, to the every, I learned how to play Smells Like Teen Spirit at a Christmas party. I learned how to, how to play, um, other songs by them, um, and, and sing them. I, I watched, you know, every, this is before YouTube, right? I, I would get every VHS and stuff that I could DVD, whatever of, of like this band and watch them. And I was really just, you know, taken with this idea of this person and the heroin was like an enormous part of that. So oh, yeah. my very, uh, you know, scared, insecure, um, already drug addicted, dumbass was highly influenced to use heroin as soon as possible. Right. Um, and I, and I found it, uh, through stinky. And so stinky, uh, we went down to Marble park. He, he, uh, administered blah, 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 put it in. He showed me how, and when it, when it came on, it was like, like, I thought I had, I had found the answer just in, in substances mm-hmm. and getting high. And up to that point, it had been fun. It had been like, um, uh, you know, a kind of like a playful romp through, mm-hmm. you know, a field of fucking sunflowers and everything was like all peace and love. And I, you know, I liked Beatles records and I was just like, I was like trying to be this like drug kid or whatever. But oh, this, yeah. when this hit, it was like, it was like, man, if God made anything better than this, he kept it for himself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if it was the answer to every question, um, I had ever asked in my life and would ever ask again. And, and, uh, and from that day, everything changed. Um, though my disease had been active to that point, um, my morals, my principles, my the, the the little boy I had been up to that point. Oh yeah, he's gone. He went away. Yeah, yeah, yeah he went away, man. And 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 the glimpses I have of him come back now like with with you know when you when i first get clean right Mm -hmm. is when he like reveals himself again when he you know when i can't stop laughing i'm like jovial he's just like overwhelmed with with laughter or when um when i feel compelled to like um go out and like i don't know like play baseball with friends and stuff. It's like, I'm 27 mm-hmm. years old now. And I have these weird compulsions to do like what, like what my 13 year old self, 14 year old self probably, probably wanted to do. You it's know? called Michael Jackson syndrome. I don't know if that's Thank true. you doctor. For the, for the, uh, the it, it, really, it sounded good. What was that? It sounded good. <laughs> yeah, Michael Jackson. Yeah. I get it. Well, I get it. I want to be a kid, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to be a kid. But yeah. seriously, that, think about that. that like you, you go off to Neverland Ranch. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. because, from that day on, from 14 years... 
That was you. He <laughs> slammed the Gatorade. I, April. They told sorry. me explicitly not to slam the Gatorade. No, slam the and Gatorade. I broke the one rule. No, sorry. <laughs> All right, I'll put it on the floor. Um, um, but from that day forward, everything changed, right? And mm-hmm. that's just it. It's like, um, only now do I ca- catch glimpses of like whatever the fuck happened between 14 on mm-hmm. was not that of a childhood. It was not that of a, of a, you know, adult, like a teen who grows up and has normal teenage experiences, right? Mm-hmm. It was everything was either fucking fucked up because of the drugs or it was self-destructive and emotionally impractical, emotionally upside down, whatever, because of my, my, mm-hmm. you know, my addiction to drugs, my use of drugs or my dependence upon them and the behavior that that brought on, you know? So I was in this long-term relationship in high school. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I put, you know, putting the heroin aside for a while, I was, you know, way out of hand, just smoking weed. And I would, uh, raid medicine cabinets at this time and just take whatever I could to get high. Adderall, all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and um, this poor girl, you know, she was, um, she was the probably sweet. Well, she was a peach, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, you know, and she loved me to death, and I drug her through the coals, right, and and Ugh. and uh, she, you know, she was like this, the captain of the dance team, and she was, uh, she got a uh, prom queen at prom, and I didn't even go to prom with her because. I was still dating her at that point. I was out doing something. I was. Yeah, you scumbag. I know. I know. There's a whole other story. That's like a way different. We can go down that tunnel too, right? Trust me. Yeah, it was why the relationship ended. (laughs) Okay, it was that. It was was like that. Yeah, yeah. So even though it didn't end for another couple months, anyway. So asshole. So we (laughs) right self-centered, aren't I? You know, I wanted to do what I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. You know, and um, and that has been my life and uh there's a i'm sure a series of ex-girlfriends you could ask the very same too you know um but um as we move on right um i'm 18 years old now um the drug use has long been uh a lot of consequences mm-hmm. a lot of, you know just i'd already been in like these outpatient like so your parents been, knew at this point oh my god okay. yeah okay. did they ever at 18 i was out of the house you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and uh and what could have been a, you know, an 18 year old's like, Hey, let's party and, and work and yeah. figure shit out phase was basically more or less just a really depressing. I need $10 phase. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. for the next, like ever, you know? Um, and, uh, and I started rolling through these treatment centers. Okay. Um, and, um, and treatment centers, um, are where I started to like learn about recovery lingo and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But really they were like at, for this time, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, they were like just a, a rest up and, and get back out there type of phase. Really. Mm-hmm. I, I was staying in uh, cold weather shelters during the winter. I was just, I was always just constantly running and in between detoxes, these treatment centers, I had no plausible um, idea of how to get a day clean, yeah. you know, outside of a facility like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, when I was 18 years old, however, 17, uh, there was this guy named Mike, mm-hmm. um, who was neighbors with my parents. Um, he had put this ad in like this local, you know, Columbia Association newsletter. Like, if you need help with addiction, um, call Mike E, right? And mm-hmm. he had his number there. We call him, find out he's like our next door fucking neighbor, you know. They yes. sent, they sent me down there to talk with him. He sits there and tells me all about, um, the 12 step 
deal, right? And he takes me to a 12-step meeting. And so that would be my first introduction to recovery. Mm-hmm. But really, these treatment centers, and, and that man would play an enormous role in any recovery I, I've had since. Oh, yeah. Um, and I love him and admire him and his wife both a tremendous amount. But mm-hmm. um, um, but the treatment centers was where I started to pick up recovery lingo. And I started to get this attraction to those that would come in mm-hmm. uh, from the outside world. They would bring meetings in or the, you know, the counselors there, the, the people around me just in general, those like, you know, we would smoke cigarettes with like 14 days clean in a treatment center and like start talking about recovery. Right. And like there was like this weird heartbeat to it, although it was yeah. fucking, you know nonsense and I, I used immediately yeah. after treatment and stuff, you know, but there was, <clears throat> I'm sure you guys are familiar. Like there it's was something to very that toxic recovery, but yes, yes uh, absolutely. I, I know yeah. what it's like standing in there. It's, it's, it's like me and, circles. You, yeah. me and you, dude, like, like it started. Oh, where'd you used to group. shoot dope? <laughs> I used to shoot dope there too. Oh my God. So cool, man. We're besties. Thank God David's here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Get between you and I, you know, <laughs> we need you buddy. Um, all right. So, um, Smells like crushed dreams in this room. <laughs> that's your beard. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. All right. So, um, uh, where was I? What was I saying? You're talking about smoking circles. And okay. So, all right. So, anyways, yeah, the whole heartbeat, the seed was planted. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like that heartbeat seed was planted. Um, uh, became attracted to those that were in recovery. Mm. Um, in my heart, I wanted to know what that was like. Mm. Um. Um, a couple more years, a lot more pain. Um, I found myself, um, willing, um, to, to, (laughs) to try to see what a day clean was like. All right. Um, to, to hang on tightly enough to like, let someone else help me for a minute. Um, at this point I was only 22 years old too. Right. And, um, up to this point, my resume was basically, I, I knew how to cop downtown. Um, I thought that was really impressive and I like to impress the county kids because I knew how to cop off the block, right? Um, um, I talked like an asshole when I was down there too. You know what I mean? Like it's not like when you go, you go oh, yes. to the block, dude, like suddenly like, you like you hear me talking now, like all of a sudden I'm like, what's up, dog? You, you know, know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like where the fuck did exactly that come from? what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Me in my skinny jeans, you know what I mean? Yeah. Talking, talking shit. Anyway, so, um. Uh, I, I, so Joe, you I'm know so, Stinky? No? Yeah. All right. I know Stinky. Yeah, That's why I came, I came up with Stinky. Pulling out for my homie. We don't say that name around here. Anyway, so we, uh, we, we would like, uh, so up to this point, um, my resume was I knew how to cop downtown and I, I had misplaced pride about that. I knew how to, um, to use drugs, um, on a daily basis and I knew how to acquire them when you woke up without any money. Um, I was willing to do what I had to do, um, when it came to, you know, uh, committing crimes and things, you know, um, theft, all that stuff, right. Mm -hmm. To just keep supplying, keep supplying, keep supplying. And I had all the while I had this really weird misplaced pride about the fact that I knew how to do this. So, Oh yeah. So once I go through these treatment centers and right. And I finally go to that last one and I come out and I'm like, I actually want to like hang on and, and see what happens if I don't use. Right my whole belief system was based around this like misplaced pride mm-hmm. and my, all my self-esteem for the last several years had come from that, you know? And, and so when it was just me and, and, and my fucked up belief systems, um, and, and the smallest at the tail end of that was just the smallest willingness to like try something different, um, was when I met you guys. And mm-hmm. when I met, 
others around us, you know, and, mm-hmm. and started to just hang on tightly enough and to try to find self-esteem in something else. Um, whatever talents I had or whatever good qualities I may have had to me, they were, they were superfluous. They were nothing. You know what I mean? Cause all to that point, all that I had was, was that fucked up belief systems and yeah. I can see it in my life. So, um, I started hanging around with people that were in recovery, people that were clean and they, um, started to help me kind of walk through my insecurities and those fucked up belief systems. And they would show me things that, that they saw in me mm-hmm. that like I hadn't seen in years or I had never known were there at all. And, um, it felt really good, man, to like recognize something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like the second attraction to recovery it was like this, the small little bouts of self-esteem that would occur when like a guy would like patch on a guy you respected in recovery would patch you on your back and like, and like say he's proud of you or like, um, you know, you, you would go, you had 60 days, um, in recovery, 60 days clean. And, and, um, and you know, your other friends in recovery would, would like, you know, be really proud of you for yeah. that and that kind of thing. Right. And, oh Yeah. And we would just smoke cigarettes and we would drink way too much coffee and we would yes. go to Walmart and get really bad DVDs. Like, mm-hmm. like from the big shitty DVD the, box. The you get like, yeah, you get like, yeah. Yeah. like five for many, four many a night. Right? Yes. Really bad movie. Dude, I have so many bad DVDs. You yeah. can have them actually. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, nobody wants them. No. Um, nobody wants them. Um, just put them there with the big green. They're they're Walmart for five dollars. Right. So I would. Come so on. so that's what I would do. Um, and then I would come over. Taco and, Bell. I would hang out and Taco Bell too. Yeah. Way Bell. too much Taco Bell. And um, uh, what? That's coming. And I started working. I started working at a job. And um, it was literally diarrhea for like a year straight. It was awful. Uh, I thought it was the withdrawal. It was the Taco Bell actually. <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, so uh, um, judge us. I'm judging. You're judging hard. <laughs> That's all right. Go ahead. That's my kombucha over here, and you're mm-hmm. drinking. You're you eating like grade D meat said, and shit. The way he said that sounded like he was having a stomach issue himself. Did you hear that? He's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. He's, he's, like, he's like drinking he's like, over here. I'm judging. Did you eat the Taco Bell earlier, dude? I don't know, cheesy gordita crunches. What is this voice you're pulling out? It's fantastic. You've done it twice. It's it. It's it's an inside. Mm. It's a it's a me and Matt thing. All right, um, all right. Podcasting. What are we doing? Um, back to it. Um, okay. So all right, right. So I started talking about rec- uh, recovery with people. We, you know, we would smoke cigarettes. We would stay clean. We would figure shit out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we would um, or not, and and just you know continue to stay clean. And we went. You know, we would go to a lot of meetings. Um, we would. Mm-hmm. Um, we would do a lot of fun things. Clean. Um, um, you know, go see live music. We would go hiking. We would, um, fill our weekends mm-hmm. with, with anything that oh, we yeah. could and just stay clean through it. And, um, and I started to, um, in a, in a more personal way, um, approach recovery, um, with, some open ears rather than just open eyes. You know what I mean? And I would, I started to try to, you know, I would, I would gently approach, you know, taking someone else's experience over my opinion and, and try to practice some of these things that like guys like yourselves were showing me how to do, you know, and, and try to be, um, just anything but what those belief systems I had carried for all those years were Mm -hmm. telling me to be, you know? And, um, and they were so strong though. And, um, you know, I stayed clean a year and, uh, and then another year, um, uh, 
so, you know, two years clean at this point and, um, um, those very same like basic principles that had like brought me to this wonderful point in my life where like, you know, my, my career had started to like actually have some kind of legs, you know, mm-hmm. um, I had, I had like a, you know, um, respect of my family back. I had those relationships back. Um, mm-hmm. and they were built on something that wasn't, it was something, you know, and, um, um, I had forgotten or misplaced that like the only reason any of those things were even allowed or permitted to me Mm -hmm. was because of my recovery that I practiced on a daily basis. So when I stopped practicing that recovery on a daily basis, my attitude, um, switched up, right? My attitude towards life, um, my behaviors started to really change as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I became more reclusive. I wanted to spend more time alone. I was living in, in this basement at this uh, this house is basically like a basement apartment of sorts, but like lived with other guys in recovery. They were upstairs, but like, I would just started to spend a lot more time alone in this basement, you know? And, um, at the time it seemed, you know, I, I couldn't tell the difference, but mm-hmm. I was so blind by my own. I believe my bullshit more than anyone ever did. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, um, and, um, and I was as much a bullshit artist, um, as anyone else. So that like, when people ask me like, how are you doing? Like I would not only tell you I was good, but I would convince you I was good enough. So you wouldn't ask again, you know? And, and so (laughs) that's good. (laughs) You like like that? (laughs) It was true though. It was true. Really. I mean, I, I I just, it would, I would sell you on it so that I I wouldn't have to approach this, that scenario again with you, Mm -hmm. you know, um, fall back, you know, is the kind of attitude I was carrying. My behaviors were carrying the same sort of attitude. And then my choices started to change as well. Okay. Do I, do I go and hang out with the people in recovery tonight or do I go home and hang out with myself? Do I go and hang out with the people in recovery tonight or do I go sleep with this woman, um, just to make myself feel better, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I started always choosing the left. I would always choose the like disease, like the non recovery choices, you know what yeah. I mean? Like consistently, you know, and I would get what I get. I would, I, I would get what I would get from that. And, um, my self-esteem started to drop my, um, my belief in, um, where, what I once had believed in or what you guys had taught me to believe in started to drop, you know, um, the principles that like we choose to live by and recovery, like they started to kind of, you know, just fly out the way. Oh, yeah. And, um, and very quietly too, you know, and, um, And, uh, and I would blame others, you know, quietly as well, but I would blame others, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so all that, it's just, you know, it just became this, what sounds like, it's like painted now, like it really was a mess, but at the time it like, it looked okay, you know, Mm -hmm. um, enough. Right. And, or at least I convinced others to stay away from me enough. And I convinced myself enough that it was okay. Um, and then my tooth started to hurt. Right. And, um, I went and, and got it checked out at the dentist, um, and he said, you're going to have to have a root canal. And the first thought I had, the very first thought I had was that they're going to give me some pills and I'm going to be allowed to take them, mm. you know, um, when nothing in my history ever suggests that like, one, first of all, nobody ever told me like, oh, it's okay to do that, by the way, and recover. Like, you know, yeah. there's there not like a, some rule where it's like, it's like, well, if the doctor says, you know, but really like <clears throat> I knew that there was no way I mm-hmm. was going to successfully navigate that. Certainly not without bringing others into it. Yeah. And so the first thing I did was I, I thought that and I said, I can take these pills. Right. And the second thing was like, I'm not going to tell nobody about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> I found myself at this point where staying clean 
just hadn't the value behind that hadn't uh had kind of lost its legs to me like i wasn't giving it the respect it deserved i wasn't giving my recovery the respect the respect that it deserved and i wasn't giving my disease the respect that it deserved you know and so uh so i get this root canal um which, by the way, you know, they take the root out, so there's like quite literally. It's awful. I hate root canals. Yeah, but there's like there's like no pain though because they take the root out, right? See, that's so, that's complete opposite. Like mine. Was did you like, have pain? Well, yeah, because I got mine. Well, I took a lot of pills afterwards. Well, <laughs> this is what we're getting to. So maybe that's why I thought there was. Well, I was in. A, I was still in active addiction, and so I was using a fuck ton of oxys right, right, at right. the time. So what they gave me did nothing. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah, I sure. I felt the entire procedure, and like halfway through, I have like tears streaming yeah, down my yeah, face, yeah. and the dentist was like. Are you okay? I was like, and like he's like, can you feel this? I'm like, exactly. and I shake my head, and he's like, oh my god, he dude, was like, it would hit a nerve. Oh my god, yeah, shake you up. Do you remember that, dude? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. It was the worst experience of my life. So, so, fuck that. So I got a root canal. <laughs> so I got a root canal, right? And uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Like, David's out there. Personal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> to all our dentist listeners, um, we apologize for David's Drink outburst. Some Starbucks and shut up. <laughs> right, so, um. Anyways, short story is I got high, right? Mm-hmm. And what I did was um, uh, went right back to the needle, right back to heroin. Um, I was with this woman at the time, and uh, this one morning, um, I used um, in her house alone, and uh, I was alone at the time, and um, I overdosed there in the bathroom. And um, she was at work, and. Um, Thank God, you know, something told her to get up and go home um, and call it like divine providence or whatever the, you know, but, but really like she had, she held off five more minutes, you know? Um, So when she found me, this poor girl, man, when she found me, I was, I was blue, hadn't breathed. And we don't know how long there was like a 45 minute window. um, And I mean, um, uh, it took, three Narcans or more to bring me back. Um, I kept going out when they would bring me back. Um, and I had scraped that de- I had died for, you know, my, my heart had all but stopped my breathing had all but stopped. And, and thank God. I mean, they, they brought me back to life. Right. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and when I woke up, um, I was surrounded by recovery once again. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, those who love me the most and, uh, um, it kind of speaks to like the power of like what a group of recovering addicts can do. Um, I, you know, I want, I woke up, I couldn't remember how to tie my shoes or what my middle name was because of the lack of oxygen. It just made my brain like mashed potatoes and it was going to take some recovery time to get it back. You know, and I was just such a mess and, mm-hmm. and, uh, everyone was patient with me. And, um, it was like, step one was like, okay, let's, let's make sure this kid isn't like, like this forever. You know, step two, let's get him some help. And, uh, and step three was them asking me, you know, okay, so we're here now. What are you willing to do? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of speed up the process here. Um, I stayed clean another two years after that. Um, and, um, once again, the same patterns, stepped in, you know, um, and I'm, I, am i am learning that like <clears throat> recovery really is all about examining our, our patterns, right. And our, um, you know, what, 
what serves us mm-hmm. and what hurts us, right? Yeah. And when, you know, the idea being when the pain gets great enough, you'll change and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter if you're not being honest about that stuff, right? It, <laughs> it does, it, it, no one can help you if, yeah. if they don't know what's going mm-hmm. on, right? And I have this ingrained thing in me where, um, and maybe it comes from, you know, how my family handled things, um, which is a lot of like sweep it under the rug type of, you know, type of thing, a type of attitude. You know, we didn't often talk about like, you know, root, like, you know, the, my root insecurities yeah. and where they come from and yeah. like, all that kind of stuff, you know, it's like not their responsibility either. It's like, that's like NA's response, you know, it's like a 12 step or whatever, you know, <laughs> responsibility, you know, um, um, that's my responsibility, you know, that isn't theirs. Um, Let's get to the real issue. Right. Exactly. Well done. Yeah. Um, uh, but I spent a lot of time, uh, hanging around with people in recovery and I spent a lot of time talking about recovery and I spent a lot of time wasting my own time because I wasn't working on those things. I wasn't looking at those things and I wasn't being honest about those things really. Um, and I used again, um, and, um, and this time I didn't really stop, you know, I didn't really stop. I just got like a Charlie horse in my. No good. I'm no. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna I, push I want, it out real quick. I really want some sort of uh, clever quip for that, but I got nothing. See, yeah, that's surprising. I know you're wearing your clever, clever I'm, quip I'm, hat. I'm, I'm wearing my clever cap today. <laughs> His clever cap's on. He's not even going up with shit. That's all right. Um. Well, anyway, so um, well, you're you're a bitch. Don't, <laughs> there, don't, 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 don't get cramps while you're sitting yeah, just down. Call, just call him out a bitch. <laughs> it's like, anyways, all right. Went um, really back in the file for that one. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's old shit. That's like DVDs and Taco Bell shit right there. Dude. <laughs> all right. Um. Anyways, um, kept using lying about it, lying to the people close to me, lying to my family, mm-hmm. all that ugly stuff that comes with using. I don't know about you guys, man. When I'm using. I'm not going to tell you. Like, I'm not going to own that. Like, I'm not. And I know some. Clearly. I know some that do. One of your best friends, I I don't know shit. I know some that do. I know some that do. Um. Oh yeah, there are those people out there who are just like, like when they, straight when up, they just like, use like yeah, I'm just using now. I just smoke crack in the parking lot. But like for me, like I've been, you know, I, I was, I, you know, I lived the life before recovery and have for now, you know, all of five years or six, you know, Mm -hmm. been surrounded in these recovery circles. And, and I'm the one that has stepped away in the, in those, you know, those intervals where I did, um, again, like, you know, I am the cautionary tale, right. Of like what not to do almost. Um, however, quick quick question, please. Okay. So in our, in our group of friends, like that have for the most part, like, um, stayed clean for these past five years was yep. there any level of like Shh, dude. sorry hey. that was eric hey. <laughs> that was like eric's contribution well, like, no i'm saying was there like any level of like shame like you know like around your like group of friends or in your circle like did you feel personally like i don't think anybody shamed you like i didn't i know that did i way. feel shame when what when i was i don't know like like being around like your friends i don't know like, like while using, you yeah, mean? Yeah. Well, fucking yes, dude. There was a okay. lot of that, but, 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 but that's like <clears throat> when I'm using, I'm a dead person inside also. Yeah. Um, it just, it immediately takes it away. Maybe you guys can relate to that. Like mm-hmm. I become the worst version of myself immediately and mm-hmm. all that self-centeredness, I, all that sets back in. Mm-hmm. It's survival for real. Right. Yeah. And survival at that time meant like, you know, 
nobody can find out, right? Survival, survival men. And as, like, as I look at it now, I'm like, God, it's so ugly. You know what I mean? The whole thing is, yeah. but like the reality, if I bird's eye view it, it's like, it's all just about survival. Right. And, okay. and, and my, my mind and everything is telling me I need to keep using. Right. Mm-hmm. Eric looks like he has a, were you high when you came over to play music at my house that time? When? Do you remember that in Hamden? No, 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 no. I was, I was, I was super high. So dude, I know. You and MC both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kept running upstairs every five minutes. No, I was very clean at that time. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering if that was noticeable. I set up like eight cameras, so I figured something had to be wrong. You were very thorough. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like that of a, <laughs> of a using opiate addict. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm no, I, I, I totally knew. I feeling weird right I told, now. No, no. I totally knew what was going on. And um, I was totally clean and uh, had been for like two years. And uh Loved you to death. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, well, certainly wasn't going to intervene on you that day, you know? Um, why tell anybody you're getting high? And here we are now. Why? I totally right? get it. It's, it's not, it's not why. It's like, it's just a survival thing. It's really yeah. ugly and it's not something I'm proud of. It's just like, no. for whatever reason, I am that guy. Like, and, and having been like this, you know, having done this this past time for, mm-hmm. for, for the first time, really, like, really just tried to, you know, keep it all under wraps. I was trying to, you know, juggle this relationship with this woman that I really cared about. And I didn't, if she found out, like it would all be over. If my family yeah. found out, it would all be over. If my friends found out, it would all be over. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely not going to stop using. So it was just, you know, survival. Right. Mm-hmm. And it brings, it makes me like uh, when I'm driving down the road now, like when I get to thinking about it, it makes me want to throw up in my mouth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. just the shame of it all at the time. Did I feel shame? Not really. You know, mm. I felt like I needed to survive. Yeah. You know, I felt like I needed, and that, that's how ugly this thing is, man. You, yeah, I mean, you're, you're five years out, but like you remember, dude, like yeah. it is that ugly. Um, oh it, yeah. It like, just brings me to this primal self-centered state. Yeah. Um, like completely. when I, when I was like around my family, like it was, it was very similar. Like I, I just had to just sort of keep up that facade. Right. Um, <clears throat> because. In my mind, I thought like, oh, I'm my, I've covered my tracks so well. These people have no idea what's going on. Everybody and, knows. Yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah. But like, well, it, I didn't know. I didn't know you were fucking using. Well, they had like a, they had like a little intervention at a taco place for me, um, near the end. Right. And, uh, Whom? I don't care. Yeah. Okay. Um, Not me. That's fine. the usual Fuck suspect. You. You know? Yeah. Um, um, uh, anyway. I just got to think about tacos. Like, <laughs> yeah, tacos. <laughs> like, like the, are you hungry? Podcast in a few times. Yeah, we're, we're very, go, it's like appropriate podcast food. Yeah. I feel Let's like some chimichangas after this. <laughs> right. um, Eric's fine. But yeah, like you, 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 you've built those like walls of, of lies exactly this web of and, and, lies yes and it's just this so you just it's just a terrible game of like this just trying to hold it up yeah right and and for real the only one that's buying it still is you. Correct. Mm-hmm. But really, until I don't buy it anymore, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Until even if everyone I know, everyone around me knows, you know, it doesn't matter until I know mm-hmm. that it's over. Right. Yeah. And that morning came April 17th. Um, and I, I went into a, a detox center once again and, and, uh, 17th, 18th, 19th. And, um, and the 20th is the day where the detox meds stop, you know, where, mm-hmm. where everything, that's the day, you know, nothing's been in my body since. Right. And, uh, um, I came back, um, supremely grateful. Okay. Um, 
and, you know, I'm clean today. Um, but like, I didn't come back to like this warm brimming, like, Hey, welcome back, buddy, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. In fact, you know, and, yeah, right. How, how, how counterproductive that may have been to me at the time too. Right. Um, but what I came back to was the people that loved me the most weren't fucking with me. Um, uh, like my family, for example, you know, um, they were scared more than anything. They were hurt, scared. They've been doing this for how long, you know? Yeah. And it was just all that. And, um, and so what I did was I went, I moved into a, uh, recovery housing environment. Um, um, and I sat my ass down and, um, and it clung on for dear life because I'm like, my body wanted to use nothing about anything that had been my life or what I thought, like my, you know, the really cool life I had created for myself in recovery mm-hmm. was, was just a mess, if not mm-hmm. gone. Right. And, and the relationships closest to me were in peril because of my dishonesty, my nonsense, my bullshit, mm-hmm. my disease, you know, and I w- sat there, you know, quite alone and confronted that. And, um, so tired of myself more than anything. Right. And, um, the best I could do was stay clean and just trust and and believe that it would start to feel better at some point that others around me would start to, you know, uh, respond to me again, you know, that others and, um, and since it's been this like really fast, interesting, escalating, beautiful, what? 103 days. Right. Um, mm-hmm. first thing that happened was my body started to feel better. Okay. Mm-hmm. The physical withdrawal came and went, <clears throat> um, the second thing that started to happen was I started to contribute to the relationships around me and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and do that drill again, you know, try to be a less of a selfish friend and just, uh, just, just be there, you know? Um, mm-hmm. cause it felt like I needed so much from these people around, but like, I didn't feel entitled to ask anymore. I just wanted to be around healthy people, you know, and like, and that they were permitting me that was like, it was good enough, you know, <laughs> like that was great, you know, um, and, uh, you know, people would feed me, um, didn't have shit and, it, you know, uh, left the job, the job that I've been at for, you know, those five years, whatever, four years, it's done. Um, and, uh, dishonorably discharged. Well, no, it's weird. <laughs> we can just leave it at that. That's actually not what happened, but yeah, yeah, in a sense. Uh, we'll call it that. All right. Dishonorably discharged. Yeah. <laughs> dishonorably discharged. Um, with a small door left open. Yeah. Um, which kind of fast forward says today, but to today, but, um, um, so here's what I'm doing today. Like being, being ripe and, and, a, and a newcomer and, and like fuck whatever clean time I had before and like fuck whatever I thought was true and fuck what people think or care or say mm-hmm. or feel about me. I don't care anymore, man. Like recovery should have always been just a personal choice, a personal decision for me. Mm-hmm. I made it about other people. Mm. I made it about other people's perception of me. My ego let me believe things that were just way. No, there was nothing to substantiate what my ego believed was true about me, you know? And, um, that's and, true. And all the, <laughs> and all the, uh, the, air, take the, you down a peg. The, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> seriously though, like the, the arrogance yeah. that I would carry this in this like quiet, uh, certainty and all this stuff, like it doesn't matter it, whether it felt real or not. Like the recovery that I had or didn't have and, and the, the, the heartbeat that, that I felt was like, 
you know, really true to, to my recovery back then, it doesn't matter anymore. Listen, mm-hmm. it's like, what matters now is like, all right, what am I willing to do today? Right. 100%. And what does recovery mean to me today? And like, mm-hmm. what am I willing to do for my recovery on a personal level today? And, um, it comes in the form of, um, speaking to others in recovery every day. It comes in the form mm-hmm. of being a better son, whatever that means on any given day, uh, be a better brother. Um, my relationship with my brother, him and I, he doesn't want anything to do with me right now. I don't blame him. You know, he's mm-hmm. not only is he scared and like for me to die, you know, and, um, has he watched me do this for how long? 10 years. Right. Yeah. Um, but he has a daughter now. Um, she's the most amazing little girl named Alex and she just turned two and, um, she's the coolest thing in the world, I think, but he needs to protect her. Right. And, mm-hmm. and to this point, um, I'm an, if, if nothing else, I'm an inconsistent motherfucker. Right. And that little girl doesn't need inconsistent motherfuckers in her life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If she has an uncle Matt, she needs him to be the best uncle Matt in the world. And like, I, and, and my heart knows someday, um, I'll be able to be just that for her, you know, mm-hmm. right now being good. Uncle Matt is staying the fuck away. You yeah. Know? And that's based on, you know, her father's wishes, my brother. Right. Yeah. Um, though I miss her very much and, 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 you know, all that, um, it's not about me. Right. And, uh, my sister, you know, she has a wedding coming up and, and I'm in the wedding and um, I can't wait to be there for that girl. You know what I mean? And uh, and everything aside, history aside, story aside, all of that, like what a fucking the pleasure of my life it is to be able to be alive and clean and be able to show up for that girl, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to just be there for her for whatever she may need that day, whether it's to go fetch her a plate of shrimp or to fucking, you know, if she gets, gets little, you know, cold feet and wants to bounce, you know what I mean? Like whatever, you know, whatever she may need, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Plate that, of shrimp will probably happen. Plate of shrimp will probably happen. Dude, she's marrying this guy, Mitchell. He's like the, you couldn't make a better man. You know what I mean? For your younger sister to marry. You know what I mean? Anyways. Um, um, all right. So I'm saying all that's like basically kind of get to the point of, I, I, I am in this spot where like, no one's asking much of me. Right. Um, just, just stay, just stay clean. Right. Um, um, I've begun the process of, of like, you know, reexamining myself, looking at my past patterns. Can't repeat these things again. You know what I mean? They need to be looked at and they need to be looked at immediately, you know? Um, and they need to be, uh, confronted, removed, whatever is appropriate. Um, and it's so cool that I have that opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. that my mind is about me, my, you know, my, my body functions. I made it out alive. You know, it's not over, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Basically, don't be such a fucking self-centered prick anymore, you know, is, is really what it comes down to, too. You know, um, I uh, um, I have relationships that mean a lot to me that I want to repair um, and I can do that. I have um, um, friendships that people can't buy, you know, like it's like, you know, look from the outside looking in like the friendships that, that we are afforded in recovery are like, how do you? You know, yeah. how do you measure that? Like, how, yeah. how could you ever, um, and, uh, to this point, it's just like, um, it's so fucking cool that I have a chance to just like stay clean today, smoke some cigarettes and figure shit out, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, Got some other cool stuff going too. Job opportunity in Colorado. I'm probably going to take it. Um, I'm going to take the principles I learned here, meet mm-hmm. some people out there, stay, stay clean no matter what and figure shit out. You know, mm-hmm. um, um, there's this woman 
that uh, I'm in love with. And um, I don't, you know, it isn't up to me what, what happens there, but it's like, um, just stay clean and figure it out. You know, um, um, my relationship with my family has not improved, has not repaired, um, but we stay clean and we figure it out, you know? So, um, and that's what recovery affords me, man, is the opportunity to like navigate this stuff mm-hmm. successfully without making a mess of everything. So. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so first question is, <laughs> there's a follow-up question that doesn't really relate I to you like I that I wrote off. down. I almost opened a bag of cashews. Question? Yeah. Eric, question. Eric's deathly allergic to cashews. I almost opened up a bag of them here in the, this is second in the time. studio. Second time you've like just been like casually like, ca- had cashews. 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 Casual cashews. Yeah. cashews are the best, man. I'm sorry I almost killed uh, you. I don't know. I'm sorry I, I almost killed you. you know, it's like a whole th- yeah, I'm more of a okay. macadamia guy. I feel that's like the rich man's nut, I think. Isn't it? I'm not sure about it. I'm more of a common man. Actually, no, I'm really an almond guy. (laughs) Love almonds. Okay. So is being a middle child, you know, like I'm, I'm the oldest. All right. On all sides. Okay. Um, I'm the oldest cousin. You know, so I'm the one who fucks up first and then everyone else can be like, Oh, well let's not do what he did. Do what Eric did. Um, Hmm. Do you feel less than being the middle child? Because like, especially with three, because like the older child is obviously oh like superior God, and then the lesser, ch- like the youngest He's child's like, you. you're so adorable. He can answer that too. Yeah. But you know, like you're, you're just show. like the middle oh, child, <laughs> right? The like, uh, all right. So as, ask it as a one. Um, is being a middle child. Do you feel yeah. less than being a middle child? Probably. <laughs> you know, that's all you got. Well, I, you haven't given much thought to this. No. Um, like, did you not get the best presents? I think I, I mean, feel less than. You didn't get a fire truck. I felt you're a fucking get a story. Listen, yeah, but it was like, shut up. I'm sure I had a great birthday when it, when it was my birthday. You know, <laughs> I, I, uh, did I feel less than, um, there was no reason for me to feel that way, but I am certain I absolutely did. In fact, it's interesting now though, there, uh, I think I have a really cool value as the middle child, but like between my brother and my sister, like in our relationship, not right now, but like the, yeah, as the yeah, relationship yeah, yeah. has been and stuff. Um, I think I play like a really cool role, you know, as the middle child. Um, but I'm certain at one point, I'm sure when I was younger, when I didn't understand what I had no yeah. emotional intelligence, somebody kind that, yeah, absolutely. There was something where it's like my sister got all the attention cause she was the youngest and the girl and demanded it. You know what I mean? And two, that my brother um, was always the shining star, which he is. He's just an exceptional man who did great work. No matter what he was doing, he just accomplished, accomplished, and, and was very fucking smoothly impressive while he did it, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and then there was me. <laughs> you know? So um, I'm certain the answer is yes to your question. Um, 100%. My, my oldest sister was like the shining star. Uh, always did everything right. Like even when she was doing wrong shit, she never got caught for it. So it's still, yeah. It, she still got to keep the facade of everything was perfect. Yeah, my, yeah. And, he never, he never got caught either. Oh yeah, exactly. But like, they always do shit, but they never get caught. And like, but hundred percent, I could none of us because she was number one, and there were four of us after her. None of us lived up to what she has accomplished. And like, oh yeah, at the time, huge resentment. Like. And which eventually just became, fuck you, don't care about you, you're just Little Miss Perfect. Um, but now, like, being in recovery and actually being able to, like, appreciate her shit and her life, uh, her kids, her career, all that shit, it's like, oh, congratulations, good for you. Like, yeah. Maybe I can start 
looking up to you now, like I should have been doing from the fucking get go. Right. I mean, I, I definitely look up to my brother. Um, but I'm, inti- I'm, your brother. I'm intimidated by him as well. Um, and it's getting worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it I should, but, but, but that's just that he's just, he's, he's really someone I should keep close. Cause it's like, I can learn a lot from him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I feel almost like silly being like, yeah, like the middle child thing was like probably, you know, was a thing for me because again, there was no, ev- there was no reason for me to feel that way. I got all the same love oh, from yeah. my mom and dad, yep. you know, <laughs> my brother exactly. wanted to help me even back then as a kid, you know, you saw like the whole fire truck scenario yeah, it was 100% like, he, he was like shit. he was telling me like you can play with it in the video he's like you can play with it after I play with the man I was like fuck no <laughs> you know what I mean so I was the problem always you know yep. anyways uh, yeah okay um, you mentioned when you I guess what is when you shot dope for the first time um, <laughs> I have no answer for this question that's not funny so, <laughs> all you, all you, you, you laughed I mean I know, uh, I know, you, know, I know. you were talking about how you feel like at that point you lost your childhood and you know, is there Cue the sad piano? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, triple C's, I mean, what, what yeah. screams high school more than triple C's or like yeah, smoking yeah, sure. some weed and drinking, yeah, yeah, absolutely. but right. heroin, that's a whole nother yeah, animal. animal. And like, you know, is there like a grieving process that like you've gone through, like realizing, oh, I don't know, like part of, Michael part of my, part of, part of like, I mean, honestly, part of my childhood was like cut at a certain point, like 15 gone. We don't have that anymore. Right. So like for you, like wow. once it becomes like, okay, I'm caught up, got to like, you know, keep this feeling up. You don't really have like, oh, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to like, yeah. you know, just hang out and then like, you know, maybe right. I'll play some sports and like, there's a dance Friday. That's tight. Right. It's like, you know, is there a grieving process for losing out on, you know, that sort of shit? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, uh, my mind can go there. I think also, um, being 27 years old now, um, and I was kind of alluding to this, like there is a part of me that goes back there now in my, like, you know, and I'm acting like a jackass and like, um, will want to behave in a immature manner. And like, and, and there's something very nostalgic within me during those times, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, there probably needs to be a more examine grieving process for whatever it is that I think I lost then Mm -hmm. so that I can move on, you know, so that I can stop again. It's all about the stop repeating patterns thing. Right. Um, um, and I should probably thank you for bringing it up because it's like, you know, that, that should be looked at, you know, um, there probably is a grieving process that hasn't occurred that should so that I can move on, you know, from whatever I think or feel was lost 14 years old and on, you know, um, because there's no doubt that something was, you know, so good question, Eric. I was wondering what he was doing on that sticky note. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, she do. he's good. You and yeah. I both have like, I mean, those, those guys right there, we have, uh, some, you know, similarities yep. in our, and our fuck ups. Um, Just so, uh, you know, with, so this is kind of more about relapsing and like institutionalization and kind of understanding, I mean, you know, treatment, we were doing a podcast a few weeks ago and like, you know, someone was talking about kind of the, the outpatient system, right. And kind of being comfortable in that. And like, mm. but you know, even more being comfortable in like the inpatient yep. system, yep. like 
I remember what it was like my last treatment center a few years ago. Like I didn't want to leave. Dude, I do so good in rehab. You know, I'm like, this is great. My therapist looked at me and he was just like, you don't need to be here. And I'm like, but I really want to do another month, you know? So like, I'm a stellar inpatient rehab whatever. And I never went to any like fancy, like nice ones, but You're like, I, out. I just, <laughs> I've heard, okay. <laughs> a lot of state funded for me. However, um, um, I do in those environments. I, and it's, it's just a conditioning thing. I, I just am so, I don't know. I've been to a dozen of them probably. Well, yeah. And you've been successful though. Like you've been successful in like the halfway house systems, right? And you've been, you know, well, well I mean, all you're, the Andy, successful. You're, you're, you're the fucking Andy Dufresne of fucking treatment <laughs> facilities. So, so, so I mean, we're, like we're talking about recognizing patterns, there. right? And there's like patterns, right? But yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that was a splendid reference. You know, I mean, well, do you now, find there to be yeah. a detriment in being institutionalized in those kind of like systems? I mean, do you think you've been stalled a little bit by yeah. going to treatment, yeah, center, no, treatment actually, center, treatment center, treatment center? I think it it has it's be, it became a default response for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something I wasn't afforded uh, this last time, which I think is a really good thing. You know, um, I think it was I was very comfortable in this environment so much so I could go disappear for twenty days and not or twenty you know twenty days or whatever avoid avoid the consequences for a month until I, you know, until I was ready or whatever. I think, I think it became a part of my disease, man. You know, it was this, this treatment center shuffle, you know, um, detox shuffle, whatever it became. And I see it in others too. Like some sort of like enabling on some level, I guess. Absolutely. Or, or yeah. Yeah. Enabling, Mm -hmm. um, it was just a practice that had, it had been done. It was smoke to the filter. It was just like, it, it wasn't helping me anymore, you know? Oh. And we're not like I'm not. I, I wasn't trying to <laughs> knock um, treatment centers in any way, shape, or form. No, that's just my. No, but, um, no treatment centers my, are great. Yeah, treatment yeah. centers are phenomenal. Like it, love it, rehab, man. They, yeah. yeah, I mean, we have two rehab lovers right here. Yeah, but I also hated it. I, I also I hated it the last you know a couple times I've been in it too. Like I, well, yeah. I hated me, so well, I hated you. Kept going to the same I, place. I'm put, telling you, you gotta, it's in. like a resort system. You got to go Again, to the good ones. We don't all have. Sorry, I mean you're not getting duck. Right? <laughs> no, it was fucking. What's that? The Salisbury last, steak. The last <laughs> place the, I went yeah, to you're was getting, was like the you're getting hungry, man. You're getting hungry yes, man dude. and sweating. Dude, the last sandwiches. place I went to had like or everything was organic. You know, it came from the restaurant down the street. Oh, shut up! Like, move on. <laughs> Great. Next question. <laughs> oh, okay. Buzzer. So, um, the Turk house, dude. Relapse. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's. So let's talk about relapse. Yep. So I remember when Emily was here, I asked the question of like, how, you know, cause I mean, I guess like from like a friend group perspective, you fucked up, I fucked up, everyone else was all right. But how do they fucking Why'd you point their, at me? Cause you, you're all right. I'm okay. Yeah. You're doing you're like fine. The proverbial they. You're, you're Those everyone that haven't else stepped out who's yet. like, I don't want to do drugs. And I'm like, drugs are kind of cool sometimes, but <laughs> is, that, uh, is that the name of your, <laughs> that's the name of Eric's podcast. <laughs> drugs are kind of cool, cool sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. I know. Hey, right. you know what? That, why do I use? Do I don't know. To their own self. I hear um, I mean, I don't use, so, yeah, but you know, I'm what saying you say? like, so you're, what do you say? What like, I'm saying is how are you planning to keep like, you know, your last relapse yeah. up front because like my, right. <laughs> stop it, David, <laughs> my last, like my last relapse, I don't remember the last month. Yeah. Right. Like it just was like this, I mean, literally multiple car wrecks yeah. of like bullshit and like, 
you know, just blacking out every day, like, and doing like just being fucking wild. Yeah. But like how, like, I can't remember it. So that's a problem. But like, how are you going to keep like, okay. So all the, know? all the consequences aside, the relationship shattered, the family and all that stuff, the, you know, the, the relationship with the girl lost, the, the fucking, mm-hmm. the money, you know, everything that was lost, anything tangible or emotionally, tan- you know, gone. Um, I fucking hated me. You know, yeah. I was ready to blow my brains out and would have had I had a gun. I was ready to call it. All right. This is a spot. I, I felt I was in this box I, that I couldn't remove myself. It's it's not something that's easily shook off. You know, it's the kind of thing still like on my drive home tonight, that feeling will creep back up on me again, dude, and shake me up, you know, mm-hmm. because it's still very much so there. Yes, I'm laughing again and I'm experiencing joy again. And I'm, um, relationships are starting to come back in my life because I'm not being a fucking idiot and an asshole and a using, you know, it's just I'm contributing to them, fostering those relationships that they're coming back. But like still very loudly, um, the the shame the remorse the guilt the degradation all the nonsense creeps in quick when i'm alone and and it uh it dictates everything i do from here on out you mm-hmm. know um it's very it's very loud and i know someday it'll become something of inspiration rather than desperation you know yeah. um but today it's still very much so a a desperate feeling of i don't i don't want to go back there well yes but what happens when, you know, that feeling's kind of just like, it's there, but then it starts creeping a little bit further behind you. And you start forgetting that feeling. Right. You I, know, because no, I mean, you're going to move further out. If you, if you leave like this comfort zone of recovery, right. you're going to be all by yourself. Right. What do we, you know, what you know? do, what do we do in those scenarios? You know what I mean? Like what do we, how do we, why do we. Are you guys looking at me like for. No, no. Just, I mean, we, we, we stay, we stay tight in these <laughs> well, hard yeah. recovery circles for what reason? So I can keep telling that. that but when truth. you're, but when you're alone, right. Can, can I, can I be mm-hmm. honest? Okay. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like, and I'm, this is, this is just statement of fact. This is not ego or whatever. Um, over the last five years, I've stayed clean. Both of you have relapsed. And honestly, like, this may sound fucked up, but it's helped me stay clean because you've come back and you showed me how shitty it was. And You're I was like, welcome. Oh, cool. <laughs> awesome. I don't want to fucking die. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I don't want to forget a month of my life. That's awesome. I don't have to fucking choose that. Like, and I'm not saying that with any sort of fucking ego or anything no, like but that's that. That's the whole point, isn't it? That's the whole point. We learn from each other's experiences. Yes, don't absolutely. We, right? That's why so we're here. My experience needs to help me too, though. Yes, you know, absolutely. I, so I need fucking. Th- there was a point two years in, right? Like, I just I wasn't telling me my story anymore, man. No, you know? of course, yeah. Um, things got better. You know, just totally separated myself. I think right? that's what Eric's going for. Like, right. Like, it's, how, it's how do we not repeat, right? Yeah. We just don't. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And See there, you in yeah, two years. Yeah. You know there's been mean? times when I've had to just absolutely like hold on and right. just not use. Right. And that's the other thing. It really is that simple, though. That's the other part. Like, I need to like remember, man. Seriously. It's like, just don't use. Yeah. And everything else will sort itself out. It will get, you know, you can, you, you know, this will be handled. This will, this will find its way. You know, it's temporary. Right. Um, But because the reality is I'm a slippery motherfucker and I am one, I will use again. I (laughs) don't, 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 don't like mumble that into the microphone. Like I turned away and I I didn't even, I couldn't even look him in the eye. You sleazy (laughs) fucker. I don't know. I guess David's a different kind of drug addict than us, man. I don't know. Well, well I mean, it's okay. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's different, different, right? With relapse, addicts. like right. you're, you used for two different reasons, right? That first relapse is probably a different reason than why you use the second relapse. Mm-hmm. 
Like my first, my first relapse was like, just totally just happened. You know, Mm. like I was like, you know, I was one of those fucking assholes who was like, you know what? I'm in the never, whatever that, no matter what, whatever whatever those fucking assholes say, um, I'm in the no matter what club, like I'm never going to do that shit. And then like, never say never. It was just like, it was a second. That was all. Only a Sith lives in absolute. It was. You know what I mean? (laughs) But like, I wouldn't have thought like, even like a few hours before that, I didn't think like I'd have a drink in my hand like later that night. I think it's an attitude thing, man. I had an attitude of indifference. I had an attitude of, I was, I was ungrateful, Eric, Mm -hmm. you know, for real. No. And you just said indifference, an attitude of indifference or intolerance too. Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to. Uh, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? It's, you know, yeah. that's what. But it was. It was an attitude. But think yeah, about that. It's an attitude 100%. of indifference towards, towards Dude, that anything, w- anything that had contributed anything good to my life. I had an attitude of indifference towards that shit. That is the definition of which my is, fucking which is, addiction. Right. Dude. Which is really where I should put all my gratitude is towards that, that, you know, exactly that. So like, it's a lack of gratitude and it's an attitude of indifference towards the very same principles that have, you know, that keep me clean day by yeah. day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is an attitude. You can smell it on me when I'm in there. You know, it's just, it's just, a, you do act you, like, yeah. there's a behavior change. There's a shift. There's a, but uh, I don't know. I guess I, I don't know. I want to touch really quick on your fucking, uh, like your story and your path. Like the first fucking first time you relapsed, like I remember the phone call, our friend Brad had called and Brad's been mentioned so many times. I know so many, so many God, we'll times. get him on here soon. I promise. <laughs> so anyway, he informed me Not and I just start, Avenue. <laughs> and, and I just start bawling like immediately, instantly. This is like one of my best friends over the last two years. And we were a tight knit group. We all had like two years of clean at this point. Yeah. Like we're like, yeah. we're chugging along. Life is great. He stumbles. I cry. We cry together in the hospital. Terrible time. Second relapse, a couple years later, I punched a hole in the wall because I was so fucking angry at you that you did it again. Mm-hmm. I was so fucking just yeah. just pissed off. And like, really, I wanted to punch you. I was like, what the fuck don't you get? Yeah. Like, this is the same pattern twice. Like, fuck you, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then this third one, honestly, like, one. I was honestly numb to it. Like, I was just like, okay. Like, I was, I was, and... <laughs> You have very public relapses. Yeah. Like, it seems to be. What? You, very, you like have a show. Well, you make ex- a show out of it. Yeah. In a, in a big, these are your two hour. These are your two hour <clears throat> movies when you were nine years old. Well, he's a social in butterfly. So, I mean. Yeah. He, I mean, people know. People talk. So, when I fuck up. You know, You're making very, a show. Public okay. show. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and this last one, like it. I was, no, I totally understand, Dave, and it, it it hurts my heart to hear. Yeah, but 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 but, yeah. but I don't. Say, it, it hurts my heart to hear only because I put you there, right? You know, it's it's or the you know yeah, the right. patterns repeated put you there. You know, when you love somebody and you watch them kill yourselves, I mean, how long can you do that for? Yeah, you know, how long can you really do that for? Mm-hmm. So when I came back this time, some of my closest friends in the world were like, "I don't think we, I can help you." Like, I think I you think should I find. Did punch? You I think this you time. should. To, yeah, I think I punched you in like, the arm. Yeah, it was like, like lovingly but, though. I gave you like 60%. He was like, kind it of hurt serious. a little bit. <laughs> it did. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. I just want to hurt you a little bit. Shut up. 
Um, yeah, no, uh, uh, some of my closest friends in the world that I've known for years and have, you know, all that, like love them. They love me. Uh, they were like, I don't know if I can help you. In fact, I think I'm hurting you. Maybe you need to do something different, you know? And yeah. And, and I remember having that talk. I'm going to reference. And there's again. a lot of power to that. Just yeah, do something with, different. Yeah. You know? With Brad, like we had a conversation with our group of friends as to whether we were like an enablement and enablement enabling system in your addiction because yep. like it had been like pattern after pattern and we were a constant. So by old sixth grade algebra standards, like, you know, that's the like, transitive property. Yeah, 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 exactly. So like something has to fucking change. And, and is it us? Like, do we right, have right. to sort of like nope. shun you for a little while? And ultimately we didn't. Um, uh, but, but that's, I mean, that's, but it made it, it made the, us second guess ourselves. Yeah. And it, it's just, and, and that, that comes from, you know, you having a, a mind of recovery and also mm-hmm. like, I want to help this kid. And also like, I'm, I'm afraid for him yeah. and, and I'm also in pain cause I love him. And like, it's the same kind of response. Like my family had, you know, like we didn't speak for yeah, We are family know, dude. Months. Exactly. I mean, you are, you know, like I talk about like mom and dad back to them, you mm-hmm. know, for an hour and a half ago, whatever that was. We talked about mom and dad, those same loving people. We're getting there. <laughs> um, mom and dad, right. Those same loving people. They, you know, and how selfish is that? I put them in a spot. They had to just fucking walk away. Yeah. You know, it was because they weren't going to let me watch me kill myself and they, they couldn't do it themselves. It was killing them, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, addiction in a nutshell in mine, mine specifically, it's the yeah. most self-centered thing in the world. And it, anyone I care about that matters to me, like, as I sit here now, dude, like, I love you yeah. eternally love and like you, would never want to hurt you intentionally, you yeah. know? And when I put it in me, it's like, that's what happens. I just make selfish decisions. It's that that indifference. Yeah. Fuck, David. Any more qu- yeah. No, I mean we're no, we're not. we know no more questions. No more <laughs> questions. No more questions. Okay. Drugs. I'm drugs. Drugs are bad. Don't do that. <laughs> we really need to get some sober people on here too. I, I've realized. <laughs> what do you mean, like? Yeah, it's just it's like, there's there's a total the other there's a total the language you know thing that yes. like is just so obvious if you're in recovery to know like right 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 you know yeah, 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 we yeah. know I'm sure people who listen are like gonna know yeah you know yeah. Well, it's been cool. Uh, it's dope. It's been cool sitting here with you guys. Absolutely, we'd like to thank you for coming, yeah, sharing man. your uh, story ad nauseum. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, no, it was great. Had a, had a fucking blast. All right. Well, here at Podcast Recovery, we are aiming to expand the scope of support for recovering addicts. Accessibility and convenience of helpful services is paramount to combating addiction. We work to bring the message of recovery to every addict, wherever and whenever it is needed. We believe that a powerful voice of recovery should be obtainable, practical, and at the touch of a button. Every addict deserves to hear a message of hope, and Podcast Recovery is here to provide it. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please uh, go to our website, listen to all our episodes. All of them. All of the episodes. Every fucking episode. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Rate us. Review us. Subscribe. Subscribe. Please subscribe. Um, Invite your friends. Invite your moms. Your brothers, I don't know. Who, and if you want to speak, needs, yeah, you know, contact us. Yeah, feel we'll free get to, you on the pod. Feel free to contact. You can us. call in. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that. We call it the pod. We call yeah. it the pod. The pod. I don't think so. I don't like that. You don't like the pod? No. I love it's the pod. Futuristic. Though. I love the pod, but I don't. We've said it like ten times in the last minute. I think it's catching on. The pod. Yep. 
Hashtag the pod. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Good night.